Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network. The Best Ever You Show is here to help you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. With this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. And now, here is your host, Elizabeth. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Best Ever You Show. We're so excited to have Serena Dyer with us today. She's awesome. She's a new mom. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk to her about Sailor, the child with the most wonderful Instagram ever. And uh, we'll talk to her about her books and um, just everything she's got going on in her life. I'm just really excited to have her here with us. And I'm going to, I'm really, I'm just going to start the show um, with her with me. Um, instead of me rambling on and on about weather and snow and things like that, you know, we're here in Maine. Um, Serena, welcome to the Best Ever You Show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here today. Yeah, I. it's a blessing. I, I, um, I thank you so much because, you know, I follow you on Facebook. I've never met you in person. I've met your sister, Skye, in person. And just through, through meeting her, it's, it's nice of you to, to just be here today and, and share your world and life with us. Um, I wish I, had, I wish I was there with video, but you're so <laughs> beautiful and your daughter's so beautiful and your family's so beautiful. It's, it's uh, it'd be fun to do like a TV interview with you, but we've got radio for now since we're like, I'm in Maine and I think you're in Florida. Um, well, let me tell you, um, I called Sky this morning and said, I just want to double check. It's not video, right? Because I'm looking <laughs> mighty pregnant today. <laughs> at seven and a half months, almost eight months pregnant. Nobody wants their face blown up on a computer screen and nobody wants to see my face blown up like that. So I'm actually more than grateful that it's not video and that that it's only video. audio because this is, this is not cute what's going on over here. You know, oh my gosh, you're beautiful no matter what. And I know the feeling though. I was on bed rest with each of my four pregnancies in the last six oh, weeks. Wow. So the fact that you're on the radio is so awesome. Yay. Um, you can move and breathe and all that stuff. I, I oh, <laughs> the last part of my pregnancy, <laughs> I, I could not. Um, but I feel you. My hair is on top of my head. I have sweatpants on, no makeup, glasses, and a headset on. Fetching, huh? Right? <laughs> well, that sounds just like me, actually, minus the headset. So there you go. Can we talk Can we talk about that for real a little bit? Just talk about, like, really what it's like to, to be a mom. Um, a mom and, and try and work and do all these different things and, and be a mom. How's that going for you? Are you loving it? I'm loving it. It's going really well. My daughter is one. Uh, she just turned one on March 31st, so she's still quite a baby. Um, and like I said, I'm I'm ten, no, actually nine weeks now away from my due date with my second daughter. So we're getting close to bringing in baby girl Windsor Wayne. Um, and obviously, I like it because I I got pregnant pretty quickly after having the first one, unintentionally. Uh, but I think my dad might have had a little. Well, that sounds weird. He didn't have a hand in me getting pregnant because he had already passed away. But I think he had a hand in, um, you know, no matter how I say that, that's going to sound really weird. But I think he, no, no. He, you know, I, sending a blessing, basically, because I found yeah. out I was pregnant 
two months after he passed, but I was pregnant one month after he passed. And um, he knew, he knows, I say present because I feel like he's still alive, um, yeah. in, in, a, in a very real sense. I don't say that like I hope he is or I wish he is. I, I just feel like my knowing that even when we shed the physical, the soul is still alive. It's actually still at work. It's still learning and growing and building and communicating and all these different things. So we can get into that if you want. But um, I do what I was. Yeah. But what I was saying is I feel like my dad knows that I always wanted a big family and he was, you know, maybe saying, here's another little blessing to help distract you from some of the other things that are going on in life. But I mean, yeah, back to your question. I, I feel like I was, born to be a mother it's something I wanted since I could remember I um I played with dolls until I was 13 which I was you know kind of old to be doing that and I used to threaten Sage's my little sister Sage's life if she told any of my friends that I still played with dolls because she and I played with them together and we got you when my friends would come over oh, I would make man. them promise that that, um, you know, I'd make Sage promise that these were not my dolls and that she would never tell anybody that they were, but they were. Oh, I played with them more than she did, actually. But, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I feel like it's um, it's the thing that when people say, you know, there's no job like being a mother or they say, you know, I think you could compare it to a lot of different things, actually. I think there is similar things, taking care of a parent who's no longer well or taking care of a loved one, or being in that position of a nurse, I think that those are similar mm-hmm. because you wake up and you serve someone else 24-7, and they come before you, and their needs come before yours. And I think that it's the highest type of work you could be doing. I think it's the greatest calling to be in a position of serving day in and day out, and I think that's what mothers and fathers do, um, you know, the ones that, that are good at least, the ones that are decent. They're just in a position of always serving and never saying what's in it for me or what are you going to do for me today? You know, you're in a position of always giving, always providing. And I think that, um, I think that's God's. And I think that it's just a holy, holy experience. I really do. Of course, there are times when, you know, she drives me absolutely insane, but really it's more like, <laughs> cause it's so funny, you know, like yeah. it's never like I'm actually mad. It's more just humorous that I can't believe she's one and she's doing these things or already showing this personality. And I know my mom always says, well, that was you. So I guess yeah. she takes that for me a little bit. My mom used to say, I hope you have 10 of them and they're all just like you. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've got one and she's just like me. So we're <laughs> we're definitely, I'm definitely getting some payback here, which I know my parents always used to say, I can't wait for you to have a little Serena because... They wanted me to have a taste of my own medicine. Me too. Yeah, I got that. I was in the middle. I'm in the middle of a lot of kids. We have a. Uh, I have ten brothers and sisters, and I'm right in the middle. And yeah, it's a recipe for. I was telling this guy, it's a recipe for eating very fast, and uh, kind of the peacekeeper <laughs> sometimes or the fighter. It just depends on what's going on in the family. But um, yeah, my parents always used to say, "Oh, you have ten, and they're all just like you." That's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Babies do well. Let's go back to your dad for a minute because um, I think everybody knows, you know, Wayne Dyer's your dad. Um, but you were saying something very important, and Sky was talking about it a little bit too. And anybody who follows you on Facebook um, knows that, man, your dad's right there. 
all the time um, through, through things that happen, feathers and rolling pins and just all these signs and clues and things. Do you want to talk about that? You can say no, too, if you don't sure. want to talk about it. No, I, I'm completely I think open that's to so cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to say to my dad, um, okay, dad, when you die, you got to, you know, and I would say this to both my parents, like just assuming that they were going to die before me. Uh, and we would say it almost as a joke, like, what are you, what's the sign you're going to give me or what's the word? And, you know, we would have like our little jokes and he would say, I'm going to haunt you. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make your life, tor- I'm going to torture you kind of, you know, being funny kind of thing. Funny, yeah. Um, yeah. Always in like a sarcastic, humorous type of way. But the truth is that since he has passed away, it's not like I just want to believe because this is the closest person to me that I've ever lost. I, I've lost friends before and I've lost family members, my grandparents, for example, but that's a different relationship. My dad and I spoke on the phone pretty, pretty much every single day. Um, when he wasn't traveling, it was definitely every day. And when he was traveling, it was still almost every day. So we had an extremely close father daughter relationship. Um, even it was more than that. It it was like, uh, I was his confidant and he was mine in a lot of ways. And at first, when I first like found out that he had passed, I was afraid that that was going to be gone from my life, that this kind of um, father-daughter bond that we had that was like the fav- my favorite thing in life was going to suddenly be gone as well. And very, very quickly, actually that night that, I, that I, I learned that he passed away Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, and that night I was laying in bed and I was very emotional, obviously, and I just said, you know, I, can't, I kept saying to him, I can't believe you did this, like as if he – made this happen. And I kept saying, I can't believe, and, and, but I, I really kept saying, I can't believe you pulled this off because he talked about the fact that he felt like he was going to be leaving his body soon for a while. And I always thought it was just him, you know, being ridiculous. And he really did. I mean, he talked about it and he would say things like more and more, like when I go, or I really feel like my work here is done. I really feel like I'm getting ready to the, for the next best thing, or I feel like I'm being prepared <laughs> for something really big and I don't know exactly what it is but it's something huge or even when I said this the other day when I was talking to somebody when he wrote his um, book I can see clearly now and it was very much an autobiography I said to him this is so dumb that you are writing this right now because what are you going to do (laughs) if you live another (laughs) yeah I told him it was dumb because I said if you live another 15 years what are you going to do have volume two like, are you going to, like, add in chapters at the end? Like, your autobiography would be done, like, when you know you're dying. And he, yeah. he was like, I don't know, but when you something, you don't say no. And so he had a knowing, for sure, on, in some big yeah. level. And anyway, Did you know that the night the that I – Did you pick up on that at the time? Like, did you – in hindsight, you, uh, you feel like, you know, you, you're saying that. But at the time, did you know? Were you like all like worried? At the time I was bothered by it. That's why I that's yeah, why okay. I was saying it was like dumb, you know, because I was like, Well, why are you doing this? I don't like this. I don't like that you're doing it kind of thing. This is pointless. You know, you're gonna live another fifteen years or twenty years or thirty years and you're gonna have to redo the book. So I think on some level maybe I knew it was bothersome to me that he because he he wouldn't have felt called to do it if it wasn't the right time. And I think right. that I knew that about him. So I don't know if I knew that he was going to die after, you know, shortly after writing that book, I think I more felt like he might've known something that I didn't really know or right. prepared to know. 
And, um, and out of your me, control, kind of just, really, too, isn't it? Isn't that frustrating? Yeah. Things are just out of your control. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's been the lesson of the last year of my life, that's for sure. I know. Yeah. But, you know, the what I was going to say was that the night that, that I found out that he passed away, August 30th, I was laying in bed and I was crying and I said, you know, I can't believe you pulled this off. I can't believe you did this. But I don't, I don't want our communication to go away. I want you to still talk to me in the way that you always did. So whatever that means, like whatever you have to do on your end and whatever I have to do on my end, I'll do it. And I felt a, a strong pull. And again, it's one of those things, like he said, he felt in writing his autobiography, um, I felt the same thing. When you, when you feel a strong pull, you don't deny it. And I felt a strong pull to Google his radio show which I had never done before. So I went on my iPhone. I was laying in bed, and I Googled Wayne Dyer radio show, and there was one that came up that I clicked, and it, it was from a few months ago, and it was him talking to um, an individual, and it was they had a conversation. It was a 30-minute show, so I listened to it, and the last five seconds or maybe 15 seconds, whatever it was, of the show, and I listened to it, and I thought, well, this is really nice definitely made me feel calm and peaceful. I didn't feel like there was any major sign from him or anything like that, but it was really nice to hear his voice. Um, Mm -hmm. And the last five or 15 seconds of the show, he said, now if everybody could just send some love to my daughter, Serena, she's in, in the process of getting ready to have a baby. And I lost it because I felt like, it was not the date of the show was not when I was in labor. So I don't know if it was just aired recorded and then aired differently or whatever. But I felt like I was guided by him to get uh, to get on the radio show and listen to it and hear him say, send, I'm sending love to my daughter, Serena. And because it was so specific to me and yeah. I was just like, all right, all right, I know. Okay. I got it. You're here. I'm going to have to learn to hear you in a different way. And I'm going to have to get used to that but I'm okay with it. As long as I know that you're here and Intuition you're communicating with in, me. Yeah. Yeah. And since then I have had a, a very great sense of peace regarding all of this, because I feel like, you know, he used to always say, I, you know, he, he didn't know his father while he was alive and, um, and he, he didn't uh, ever meet him or anything like that. And when my dad would be mm-hmm. on stage talking, he would say, I feel my father's presence so strongly with me right now. And I used to just think like, well, that's nice. What does he mean? You know? yeah, that's great. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, like I, I just kind of thought like my dad probably did feel his father's presence, but I didn't feel his father's presence, you know? Like I, I thought it was cool, right. but I didn't really know what that could feel like. And now I absolutely know what it feels like to feel that my father's right there with me. And there's been so many signs and times and, things that have happened and you know um i've said it so many times on facebook but this woman karen noe um who's a medium she kind of came into our lives at a very um you know at at this time is sort of opportune that we all kind of met her and she has done things that you know there's no way if you don't believe in this kind of stuff there's no way after hearing some of the things she's done you could not believe because you know for example i was having a, a difficult time one day a couple months ago and I was standing in front of the mirror in my house holding my daughter. She was strapped to the front of my chest. And this song that was my wedding song came on the radio, and I felt, like, really moved by that for some reason. 
And I was just like, oh, I just hate this dad. I just wish you could give me a sign, like something. And a few minutes later, she calls me and she says, um, you know, okay, your dad's with you. And he was saying something about my daughter. And he was, she goes, but, you know, he's telling me, you know, he was just with you in front of the mirror. Were you just like a moment ago standing in front of the mirror talking to him? Because he's saying you were talking to him in front of the mirror. And I was just doing that like two minutes before. And I was just like, you know, again, there's another confirmation that I felt like he was yeah. there. I had a feeling that he was, and she confirmed it. And it's those kinds of things that have happened so many times. But, um, yeah, I yeah, it. I definitely I, think that he's he's available for me and for anybody, honestly, for anybody that wants to ask or have him give assistance or help or guidance. I think he's available to everybody um, because Karen has said that, that he says over and over again, Serena, tell people I'm still here. I'm still able to help them. Tell people to, to ask for my help and I'm there for them. And Karen has told me that he said that before. And I totally believe that because being available to people and helping people was his ultimate calling. And I think that it makes sense that he's still doing it from the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Can I ask you a question about hugs? Yeah, <laughs> it's random. It sounds funny, doesn't it? There's a. I was thinking of this. I was. I was. I was um, in the kitchen yesterday. And I was like, What am I going to ask her on the radio? You know, I don't know you, and I never produce my shows in a way that they're scripted or anything like that. And I was just thinking about you a little bit. And um, you have a picture of um, Oprah hugging you. And I looked at it, and I was sort of reflecting on it, thinking, you know, I wonder. If Oprah one day or your dad said, you know, I'm going to spend the day just hugging people, I wonder how many people would line up for hugs? I mean, probably a lot. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what that Indian Saint Ama, that's what she does. She hugs people and she absorbs their karma. At least that's what I read about her. There are hugging saints, you know, that go around and hug people just to help make them feel better. Yeah, no, there's an Indian saint. Her name is Ama, and that's what she does. She she hugs people. That's all she does. People line up to hug her. Yeah. You know, I I was at the Waldorf Astoria one time a few years ago, and I was um, watching Oprah speak at a women's conference, and um, I was out doing media things, and I was meeting, like, Seth Meyers and all these people, and she she walked by me, and I just, wanted to touch her, you know, just, you know, and she wasn't one of those people who was like completely offended by somebody reaching out to touch them. I just, I just want to say hi, you know, that kind of thing. She's, she's got, and I think your, your dad has this too, like energy around them that's different. Yeah. Well, I, I got the opportunity to, to hug her because you hugged her. um, Yeah. yeah, Well, she actually hugged me. I got the opportunity to, be hugged by her because she was having my dad on her show, her uh, Sunday show. And mm-hmm. um, it was being recorded in Maui and my sister Sky, my brother Sands and myself happened to be there. Yeah. All right. That's actually a lie. I found out he was going to be on <laughs> Oprah and going to her house. So I flew out to be there. Sky and Sam happened yeah, okay. to be there. But I mean, I, Oprah, like, I get it. it. I was like, I'm doing whatever I can to go to her house and whatever, because I watched her show um, daily since I was like in my teens. Yeah. My mom and I used to record it, and we have a whole thing with her. So uh, I went out there, and, um, you know, in my family, it's known that I call Oprah Baby Jesus. And I Say that again to me. I didn't Oprah. hear you. I'm sorry. You call Oprah what? I, 
baby Jesus. It's like a yeah. joke in my family that I refer to Oprah as baby Jesus. I always say, you know, because I just think she's helped so many millions of people. And some people might yeah. be offended by that, but it was always meant as a very loving compliment by me. No, no, and my dad knew that I, yeah, my dad knew that I called over baby Jesus because I've been calling her that for years. <laughs> and when we were there, he said, oh, do you have a minute to take a picture with, with my children? This is after they had done their interview. And she said, yes, of course, let's take a picture. And my dad said, Serena, tell her what you call her. And I just looked at him like I just like you didn't wanted, have to say it. <laughs> yeah, like I wanted to smack him. And I was like, well, Oprah, I call you baby Jesus. And she laughed and pulled me in for a big hug. And that's when we got that photo. So, And it was just starting to rain. Okay. So my dad had the cheekiest kind of smirk on his face. Like he knew I would, I would be kind of embarrassed to say I call you baby Jesus. But he did not care. And, yeah, um, yeah so that's how that kind of happened with yeah, with her oh. giving me a big hug. and But it was really sweet. I mean, she she definitely has an energy about her for sure. Don't you think? She fascinates me. I, I, it's hard to just understand all the cool things she does and the, and says and believes and her energy and just, yeah, um, hard to explain. But I saw that picture of you two when I was um, posting photos of the show. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that photo is so beautiful. Um it's it's a hard to explain beautiful. I I tweeted it to you and her and just I just love that picture. Like I may actually it sounds really stupid, but I can actually frame that picture and like put it on my desk. I love that well, picture. Good. I hope you I have a framed picture of you, Serena, on my desk. Uh-huh. That? I love that picture Sorry. too. Well, I like it. Why not? <laughs> it's a cool energy. It's just like one of those pictures. I don't know. It's just it's inspiring for some reason to me. But um, okay, so. Let's talk baby again for a minute. Um, you, um, baby Instagram, baby sailor. And are you going to have two Instagrams going for each of the babies? Or are you going to merge it into no. one? How's that going to work for you? No. So, so this kind of started, I never intended to have an Instagram for sailor. This kind of started one. because, yeah, it was more like, you know, when she was first born, my, some of my family members and my husband's mother, my mother-in-law would say, send me a picture, send me a picture. And I wanted to just post a picture so that they could yeah. go see it. So I wasn't texting all these pictures all day. And then I thought it would be funny because she made so many funny faces. I mean, she really did. Like even her pediatrician from the get-go was like, this is a very expressive baby. <laughs> I, I would come up with funny things that she was saying. So it kind of just took off. Uh, and then we started doing videos and I film her all day long. I mean, I always have my phone recording her because she just does so many funny things and they crack me up. And uh, when I was little, I had a babysitter who used to do that with us. And we have hours and hours of home videos of us being ourselves unscripted and they're hysterical. They really are very funny. So I think it's something that I always planned to do when I had children, which was to you know film them without it being like, okay, now the camera's on, now do something, you know, just kind of catching them right. in their natural state. And she's actually, unfortunately, she's becoming aware of when the camera's on now. She doesn't change her personality because she's still too young, but she hits the camera. She doesn't want it. So, you know, I, I feel bad, actually, if I keep filming her and she doesn't want to be filmed. But the Instagram is definitely a source of happiness for me 
and for my family because we get such a kick out of it, and I really get such a kick out of coming up with her captions. Um, oh yeah, and so Eugenia no, when, when I have a, oh well, thanks. When when we have Windsor, I do not plan on giving her her own Instagram. I plan on them sharing it, which Sailor's not happy <laughs> <Good>. about. <laughs> Move over a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, so she's going to share everything. She just doesn't realize it yet. So, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the world. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I have I have four boys. They're way older than your kids. I'm I'm way, I think I'm way older than you too. Um, my kids are 21, 19, 16, and 14, and they're all boys. Um, and and it's a it's a wow. I feel like sometimes um, I live in a frat house. Really, <laughs> I <gotta> tell you. <laughs> The animals animals are girls. There's three girl cats and a girl dog to match the boy energy in here. And it's, it's very interesting. Um, Well, well, I grew up with almost all sisters, so it's very different for me. I can't imagine having a bunch of boys because I have five sisters and two brothers. So for me, we were always uh, much more female energy dominant. Yeah, I have I have a whole bunch of sisters too. I I was telling um, Sky she always, she reminds me of my sister Barb, and you remind me of my sister Kathy. Um, I feel like I have more sisters in the world. You guys just completely remind me of my own family. And I the other thing I think is so cool too about you guys is that you um, you you do things in you know like on your Facebooks and things like that. You're very open, but you don't do things that I've ever seen. Or like show or to you know ego or any strange place it's just your life and you're cool about it and all this stuff how do you how do you maintain that maintain that like how do you keep um do you, do you under, does that make sense that question you know you you just seem so you guys are so down to earth it's really refreshing and cool that you guys just are are peaceful well, like thank that. you i mean i think it's the way that we were raised i mean honestly i'm always sort of like amazed that anybody has an interest in me because I haven't really been anything that cool. So I always am really kind of flattered and, and honored that anybody even wants to be my friend on Facebook because, you know, again, I'm, I'm just known because of my dad. I'm, I'm not really, you know, I haven't lost sight of the fact that, you know, my audience, if you will, comes from him and through him. And because of that, I feel like anybody that has an interest in me, it's just kind of like, and a, a kind of a cool thing on the side. I, I don't really feel like, um, I don't think my ego could get too involved in it because I haven't really done anything to deserve it. So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, think I, I just feel like my family, everybody is pretty down to earth. I could say that about yeah. all my siblings. Um, I think that kind of happens when you have a big family, you know, you, you kind of get kept in check. Kept in don't line, you? Really, by your siblings. Yeah, I was, I, I, yeah, you were saying that. That's what I'm saying. You're kept in check completely, like, yeah, like, yeah, that's the best way for it, isn't it? Like, I know everything you did as a four-year-old, and don't, don't try to pretend or whatever. <laughs> funny. Yeah, I think it's my siblings that really, you know, all of us, we kind of make fun of each other nonstop, constantly. I think some yeah. people, um, especially on Facebook, sometimes I'll, I'll post something or say something or leave a comment on one of my sister's pictures, and I forget that there are people, a lot of them, that are seeing this that don't know us personally, that have never met us. Because, you know, some people will comment back, like, as if that wasn't nice, or that was hurtful, or they feel bad with, for what I said, or something like that. I'm thinking, oh, my God, my, 
all we do is, is insult each other, you know, but it's in a really joking around <laughs> loving fun way. I, it, it is our way of saying, I love you. And so yeah. it's funny to me because I often forget that there are other people that don't know us and that didn't grow up in that environment where yeah. they don't see it that way and they feel offended or they feel insulted or they look for reasons to be offended by, or my new favorite is they give me very unsolicited parenting advice. Um, oh God. Which, you know, get, get, I get a kick out of it. You know, people are well intending. I know that nobody's ever yeah. trying to be rude or anything like that. So I, I get where they're coming from. So I don't take offense to it, but it, it definitely, you know, we all kind of get a kick out of, out of some of the, the things that are said, especially to me about raising my daughter. Yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine raising. So like I had all my kids before all the social media and Facebook and all this existed. We were, you know, back in the days of, you know, mm-hmm. inserting film into a camera and praying that it developed, you know, kind of thing at the local right. photo mart or whatever. And so how, how is, what's life like with that? It's gotta be kind of, Fun. Like, you know, I have my my kids on social media now a little bit, you know, we'll do, you know, we'll post something about baseball or something like that. But boy, if I put all their baby photos on Facebook, <laughs> I wonder what they'd say. <laughs> I do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think it's like, I, love I it. view social media as sort of like a harmless, fun way to stay connected yeah. and, and, and interact with people. I don't really take it too seriously. I feel bad when I think about preteens and teens having social media and the scrutiny and the pressure that they must feel because, you know, when I went to school, I left school and I came home and I was home for the next X number of hours before I went to school again. It wasn't like school came home with me. And now with social media, you're always in school, basically. You're always on the playground or you're always in the classroom because everybody's always kind of seeing what each other are doing. And I think that that's got to be a ton of pressure um, which I'm grateful that I didn't have. I think Me that too. social media is fun. If it ever becomes not fun, I'll just get off of it. It's kind of like yeah. that simple for me. Yeah, I monitor everything my kids do. Um, and the older ones are, are, are trained, basically. Whoops, sorry. The older ones are trained to, um, you know, on what to post and what not to post and things like that. So they're they're pretty good. But the younger ones are monitored pretty heavily on social media just so they – not that they're going to do anything, but, you know, you can, you just never know. Um, anyway, um, can you talk a little bit about your book? Cause I love your book. Can you hear me? Oh, okay? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I bumped yeah. into my microphone. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Um, my book came about um, through a series of um, blog and Facebook posts, actually, I it's it's a long story how it came about so for the sake of time I won't go into it but oh yeah we're um, running out of time aren't we I'm sorry before go ahead I was just going to say basically the book came about um through the opportunity that I kind of created for myself which was I wanted to kind of share stories and something I always liked doing I didn't think anybody cared to read them and I didn't know if I was good at it or if I out of it really but I decided I would just start sharing some stories on Facebook or on a blog and like I got some pretty positive feedback but more than that I got a really good feeling about myself from doing it and then my dad asked me if I wanted to be with him and introduce him in a bunch of different cities that he was speaking to and I did that and we had so much fun together telling stories about what it was kind of quote 
really like growing up with him as a father, which was something that I had been asked a million times, as had my siblings. And, um, you know, I thought people are kind of showing an interest a little bit in my family, particularly in the way my dad and mom raised us. So I thought it could be a good opportunity after seeing how well we, um, how good it felt to share these stories on stage or in a blog. I kind of came up with this idea of doing it in a book form. And my dad really liked the idea. His publisher really liked the idea. And we took it from there. And um, it took me a really long time to actually sit down and write it. I think I was supposed to write it within six months. It took me almost three years. So I'm a little slow, I guess, in that department. But honestly, it was because I wasn't sure what I wanted to say at first. And then it, once I started, it really kind of only took me a matter of weeks, actually, once I really got started. But I think it was a source of pride for my dad. Um, it's definitely a source of pride for me. Oh, yeah. And I'm really happy that, you know, I think it's no no accident that the last three books he wrote were – a book on raising his children, which I know was, you know, his feeling of one of his greatest accomplishments in his life. Then his autobiography and his final book, which came out fun, funny, funnily, funny enough, after Whatever. he passed yeah. away. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, memories of heaven. So I think that it's mm-hmm. just no accident, and I think he probably gets a kick out of that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really grateful that we actually did the book together, and that we, we. Um, put it out there and I feel really happy to have had that experience with him. Yeah. What were you like as a kid? What were you like as a little kid? Like, can you, let me, before I ask you that, do you have, can you spare 10 more minutes with us? Our, sure. our chat room is absolutely filled with listeners and people are calling in and everything. I'm not going to open the phone for calls. Um, but if you do want to ask a question, type it in the chat room and I'll ask it. Um, but what were, what were you like in kindergarten? Oh, I was um, incredibly inquisitive. I I know my kindergarten teacher actually wrote that on my report card that I was one of the most inquisitive students she's ever had. Um, very curious. I think I was loving. I've had friends of mine that I went to school with for years. Their parents have said to me things like, you were a riot or you were really funny or you always said the funniest things. You know, I don't remember myself when I was in kindergarten, so I'm really just saying what people have told me I was like. But mm-hmm. I think I was, you know, I never got in trouble, so I think I was a good kid. <laughs> a good kid. I yeah. just asked a lot of questions. Yeah. What about high? What about like middle school and high school? Like, did, I'm, I'm gonna like. Did you know you were always gonna be a writer and a speaker and all that stuff, or did you have other things in mind for careers? Uh, um, I mean, I like thought is, for is, a while I wanted to be an actress for sure. Um, I and then I wanted that. to be a lawyer. Be cool. Yeah, I, I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a lawyer. I've always been drawn to drama. But I always knew that I would be doing something that involved communicating with people because that's something I'm I'm drawn to. I'm drawn to individuals. I'm drawn to people. I'm drawn to connecting with people. And I'm drawn to hearing and telling stories. You know, when I was in high school, my favorite show was Dateline or 2020 because I loved hearing true stories. So I think that I've always known what I liked, what I was drawn to. I, I could have told you from very early on I would not be doing something regarding science or math. But um, <laughs> I definitely, you know, I definitely I never thought that I would be writing a book with my dad. I didn't want to do what he did for a very long time um, yeah. until one day I did, you know, until one day I realized that I always wanted to do it. I was just in denial. So I think that uh, – yeah, I mean, I was—I never got in trouble. I was always a, a, you know, a pretty good kid. I never got a detention or anything like that. 
Yeah. Good. And how do you keep how do you keep yourself so beautiful? Where I'm getting some questions on Twitter. Like your hair and and you guys are you guys are always so um, you're just beautiful with your makeup and all that stuff. Is there somebody one of you girls knows your makeup? And your hair, and who's who's the makeup well, artist actually, in the none family? Of us are good at makeup. None, none of us wear <laughs> none, none no, of really? us wear makeup. None of us. I mean, any picture of me with my makeup done, I was professionally done for an event, oh, okay. where like a yeah. wedding, like a friend hired. None of us wear makeup. Um, I mean, if you saw me seven days a week, I would not have makeup on. If I was going out to dinner either. with my husband, I might put some mascara on, but I'm really horrible with makeup. I'm Naturally beautiful. Aren't you? Lucky? I don't know about all that. I I have to say <laughs> that the one thing. That we all do that uh, definitely, I think, helps in any kind of beauty regimen is we are huge, huge water drinkers. <laughs> like, yeah. I drink so much water, and I, my mom is um, my mom's incredibly healthy and incredibly beautiful, and my mom yeah. always promoted the idea that what you eat and what you consume affects how you look. So we take a lot of vitamins, and we're all kind of into, like, organic I mean, but honestly, I eat pizza a lot, so I, I also think that, you know, <laughs> I'm a big pizza eater, but I'm also almost eight months pregnant, so I have a good excuse. <laughs> I was a chocolate shake eater that much pregnant. Somebody wants to ask you, what's your, what is the most valuable wisdom you want your children to understand? Thank you, Sherry, Kelly. I what want is the most valuable to understand wisdom? something that my parents demonstrated for me. It's not something that they said. It's something that they did. And I think that um, something I heard a long time ago was that something to the effect of sometimes our actions are so loud that our children cannot hear what we're saying. And what I mean by that is my parents demonstrated the greatest wisdom that they could have for me. They didn't say it. And what they demonstrated was the knowing that they had to follow their own dharma the knowing that they had to do what they were called to do. They didn't not do it because it wasn't convenient. They didn't give up on their dreams because it took them away from their family. They didn't, they didn't give up their dreams because they had children. They didn't give up their dreams because they had a spouse. They didn't give up their dreams because people didn't like them or it didn't make sense to them. They followed what they felt called to do regardless of what anybody else thought or felt, or what anybody else's opinion was. And in doing so, I saw that. And I think on some level that has subconsciously given me permission to do the same. So what I want for my children, what I really want for my children is for them to know that they are here for themselves. And whatever they feel called to do, whatever excites them, whatever they're enthusiastic about, is what they should be doing regardless of what I or anybody else tells them. And I hope that I demonstrate that for them because I think when you have a parent that lives their dharma, that lives their calling, that lives their passion, you feel safe in doing the same. That's really well put. I love that. I hope everybody listens to that again. Replay that. That's a that's a gr- that's great chil- wisdom there for raising chi- children. Love that. Um, another question: do, um, Have you started writing your next book? And do you journal a lot since your dad's passing? And she gave you a hug and a kiss. Well, thank you. Um, no, and no, <laughs> I I do not journal. I um, I have a really good memory. So this is what I want to say about that. I have a really really good memory. So often the way 
it happens for me when I write something is I'll get an idea. I want to write something. And I did this last year. I wanted to write 29 things I learned by my 29th birthday. So I thought about this like a month before my 20, 29th birthday. And I started writing them in my head and I remembered them. And then the day of my birthday or the two days before my birthday, I actually wrote them out. So that's kind of the way I do things is I, I get an idea and I start writing it in my head and then comes the day when I write it on paper or write it on my computer. But I usually, I don't write things out in advance. Hmm. That's interesting. And I haven't started writing my next book, but my sister Sage and I are working on a book together. But again, it's just in my head right now. So um, we're working on a book about um, sort of, communications or signs or, or um, lessons that we've been receiving from our dad since he passed. Uh, but again, it's not something I've put to paper yet. But when I, when I do go to put it to paper, it will be almost done in a very short period of time because it's like, I've, it's like procrastinating almost. It's like I build up to the idea of wanting to do it, and then I finally sit down and just do it. Hmm. Do you – I'm looking at your Facebook. I'm going to just abandon – this for a minute and just talk about spiders. <laughs> There's the grossest spider ever posted in your Facebook. Oh my God, gross. <laughs> are you, uh, are you safe from the spider? I know we've got to go. We're going to wind down here a little bit. We're going to close on spiders. Did you get your spider advice? Well, you know, some people think that that spider I posted was a poisonous one and some people think <laughs> it was not. I'm sad to say the spider has been killed. Um, you know, I, I did feel bad. That's why the first time I saw it, I didn't kill it. I just asked it to go away. The second time I saw it, I said, Matt, that's my husband, please kill this. Uh, Cause I didn't, want to do it. I, didn't want, I didn't want the karma on me, but no, I'm just kidding. I just don't like getting near them. <laughs> but, um, but you know, my feeling was, of course, I don't want to kill anything, but right. there does come a point where if it is poisonous and it's around my infant and my pregnant self, I'm going to protect my family. So, you, um, you know, sorry to the spider. Yep, we hear right. you. Bye. <laughs> Serena won spider. Mm. Um, another question. Do you find time for, do you time fine for meditating? This interests yes. me. Yeah, I do. I do find time for meditating. I think um, the biggest example of somebody that can find time for meditating is my mom because, you know, I'm one of eight kids and growing up, my mom found time to meditate every single day, twice a day for half an hour without fail. It didn't matter if we were flying to Hawaii that day, you know, which is a almost 24 hour process. It didn't matter if there were birthday parties or friends coming over. She always took that time. And we as children, recognized, honored, and respected that that was sacred time. And we never interrupted it unless it was a true emergency. And my mom hmm. kind of inspired me in the sense that, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a baby, you can always find time to meditate. And um, I don't meditate daily, but I meditate multiple times a week. Interesting. Um, are you going to teach your kids to do that? Probably. I, I really thought when I was younger that I knew everything. And that's why my dad used to say my nickname was Mouse. I just had a mouse and an answer and a reason for everything. And I was never <laughs> going to do anything that my parents did. You know, I didn't want anything weird. I didn't want anything foo-foo. I didn't want any, you know, meditation classes or anything for my kids. 
And now I, it's just funny because I probably will do all of the things they did. At least I hope I can be, you know, half of what they were. So I, I probably will teach my kids to meditate. My daughter, you know, has seen me meditate. She's actually been sleeping next to me while I have. So I guess in a way she has already begun. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we got it. We're going to, we're going to record for anybody who's listening live. Uh, this might cut off in one minute. We're going to just finish here. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that um, maybe you want, want, wanted people to hear? I know we've been kind of all over the place from babies to spiders to everything. No, I mean, I just, I feel very strongly when Karen, my friend who's medium told me that my dad is telling her to tell me to tell everyone that he is available to them. They just have to ask, ask, and you shall receive. I feel like I just have to say that again um, because I feel like that's important to him. He wants to be called upon. He wants to be helping and teaching and assisting. So you didn't have to be his daughter to gain his um, guidance, and you don't have to be his daughter now to be able to reach out to him and communicate with him. And I just I feel very strongly that he is urging me to tell people that, that he is still here and still teaching and still guiding. And if you want help from him, ask him. Um, so I guess I, I just, for some reason, I feel very compelled to say that, but that's it. How how do you want people to do that? Do you just, uh, you know, just by yourself, do you just talk or do you write? Or you know, how, how would one go about maybe reaching your dad? I'm, I'm oh, curious. I, I bet I a lot know. of people if probably that, would I think, even pray to him. I think if, if I knew that, do? I would be like a billionaire. I just talk. I just talk <laughs> yeah, how I... Yeah. How I always did, I would just say, you know, there's been times where I've said, Dad, this is a lot. I've got a lot on my plate right now. I need you. I need your help. I need to feel like you're here or, you know, send me the signs or I'll say something like, I just want to be peaceful. I just I want to be in a state of peace. Dear God, let me be peace. Let me bring peace. Let me be an instrument of your peace. And I do that. And I feel like, you know, there's always some kind of result that comes. And if it didn't, if you, if you don't feel like you got a result, we'll keep doing it. Yeah. Hmm. Beautiful. Do you believe in angels? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love angels. All right. And you are one. I just think you're just a special person on this planet. So um, thank you for your time. I know we went over by a little bit here, but oh my gosh, you were just lovely. So well-spoken. So thoughtful. Such a great mom too. I, I, Maybe maybe you could come on again once um, baby Windsor is born and, and a little bit after that, of course, and maybe do a, a, a mommy show or something. I know we were kind of talking about that for this, but a full-blown like Serena's tips for new moms or something like that. I think a lot of people would <laughs> love that. All the stuff my tip, going My on. tips would involve get help. <laughs> get help. That was, that yeah. was mine ask too. your mom, ask your family, whoever you have available, whoever help. you can use, get help. There's no shame in help. Is there? I needed so much help. My kids were all two years apart. So, like, I literally came home from the hospital, the last one, they were, like, zero, two, four, and six. I had four car seats, four strollers. There was one me, one husband, and we're like, help! <laughs> the cry went out, boy. Oh, because, yeah. you know, you got, got to take care of yourself somewhere in there, just a smidge, somehow. Right. Um, anyway, all right. Well, lots of love to you and your family, to your dad, to everybody listening. And thank you so much for being with us today. I just really, really appreciate oh, thank you. Thank you. And oh, you're people welcome. Want to find, thank you. Yeah, thank you. If people want to um, find more about Serena, um, her website is serenadyer.com. She's on Twitter at Serena Dyer. She's on LinkedIn. She's on Facebook. And um, 
this show. You can replay it. You can as many times as you like. Um, and I, I just absolutely um, have enjoyed having you here. And um, I agree with you so much. I think your dad's right here with us all. So um, I, I feel it, see it. It's, it's very wonderful. So thank you. Thank you. Much love to everybody. And thank, thank you, you again for to you. All right. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Best Ever You Network. For more information, just visit us at besteveryou.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.